Welcome back to the second episode of Season 2 of Riddles in the Dark, the, uh, the uh, pre- primo um, Hobbit podcast on the internet brought to you by the Mythgard Institute and the Tolkien Professor and Middle Earth Network Radio. I, I personally think it is the best one. Um, <laughs> but you're not and biased. I'm, and I'm sure all of our listeners agree. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I, I'm just laughing because Dave's introduction gets more grandiose every week. Like, I know, you know I, love it, by, I love it. By the end of season two, it's going to be like, and welcome to the greatest show that has ever been made by human beings. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But sorry, go on, go on. So uh, this week we, we have a bit of a blast from the past. Uh, listeners who've been following along with us uh, all, the whole time, which, which you all should have been, uh, we'll remember that our very first episode ever um, focused on uh, the, uh, the the House of Durin, and um, in particular Thorin's immediate ancestors, uh, Thryan, and then uh, we were supposed to do Thror, but we put him off to the second episode. Okay. And um, and uh, and so this this week we kind of want to revisit Thryan because uh, or Thran or Thrain or well, whatever. I was going to say I think I, we I, should I, I think we should stick to our guns and stay with Thryan regardless of what Jackson did in the movie. And and and, and of course people who listened remembered uh, and one thing they might remember about that episode is the fact that we every time we said his name we or at least I every time I said his name I said it differently. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so even though we spent an episode on him already, we we of course uh, discussion about him is it, you know it's it's still ripe because the riddle wasn't really answered um, because there was all this footage purportedly of him, but it got cut from the film, and the most likely explanation for that is that it got moved to a later film. Furthermore, there were a lot of things set up in the first film that that really seemed to bear on on the question of what's where is he and what's happened to him that that diverge from the story of the book. So we we think now is a perfectly good time to revisit it. Um, we probably will rehash a few things that we covered before, but um, but we're really going to try to take it in a new direction. We're also going to do a brand new uh, Thrain related riddle to replace the one from last season. So um, we we think it'll be a good episode for for those for those folks who uh, Corey may recall there were some folks who after about four the first four or five episodes of Rails in the Dark people were like so you guys ever going to talk about the Hobbit <laughs> so, or are you just going to be we're, talking about dwarves the whole time we're doing that so again we've aren't come we? full, yeah we we've come full circle we're back to the dwarves That's right. <laughs> we're back to right. the dwarves That's right. <laughs> so. Um, uh, let's get the discussion started. I'm co-host Dave Kale, and with me are my wonderful co-hosts, Trish Lambert and the Tolkien professor, Corey Olson. Okay, so I want to I kind of start today contextualizing things in sort of a larger thematic sense. And I mean this looking at both the books and the movies. That is... You know, I, I always this is how I always like to look at things when I talk about the films. Is not just, you know, not just sort of starting off by trying to guess what are they going to do or what would be cool on screen or whatever, but basically to be looking at the major issues of the story. What what is going to be? How is Thran going to be involved in the story? And therefore, in order before we approach that, to be looking at how is Thran involved in the story, in the books. So here's my here 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 are my sort of initial thoughts about this. One thing that was very interesting from the first film is the fact that Thran is kind of an is well, I was going to say he's kind of an absent figure. That's literally true in the sense that he's not there, but he is 
really the weak leg of the three dwarf lords. You know, of Thror, Thrain, and Thorin. Thorin obviously is the main character. Thror gets an enormous amount of emphasis. Thran is, you know, an afterthought in that first film. Um, you know, he gets introduced in the line. You know, we, we learn that, that Thorin has a father, and we see him very briefly. Um, but he plays almost no role. Thror is the king under the mountain, and it's Thror's kingdom that Thorin is getting. It's Thror who is killed in the Battle of Azanulbazar, and whose death Thorin is avenging. Um, there's almost no reference to his father um, it, within Thorin's own story. So now, thinking back about the book and how this was done in the book, there is, of course, one sense in which that is very much following what happens in the book. Thror is the last king under the mountain. So in the latter half of The Hobbit, when that is from Lake Town onwards, when they do arrive back into the region, um, it is <clears throat> basically Thran becomes a kind of a side figure again, because it's it's the kingdom of Thror that uh, that Thorin is coming to to reclaim, um, and of course Thran never gets to become king under the mountain. Thror was once and lost it, and Thorin is is trying to be again. Um, so there is that sense of Thran being. Well, not totally irrelevant, but not really a part of that equation, and not really a primary emphasis. Um, you know, like they had come to the great hall of Thror, and this was the great drinking vessel of Thror. Um, it's again, it's it's Thror all over the place because he was the king. Erebor is connected. Um, you know, the, the the kingdom under the mountain is associated with Thror, and it's his grandfather's legacy that Thorin is 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 taking up. Um, so in the books. Apart from the references we get to Thran at the very beginning, the fact that Gandalf got the map and key from him when he found him in the dungeons of the necromancer, and that um, and that Thran is now dead, those are the only things, um, the only references to Thran really in the book. He doesn't actually play in, in some ways in the in the book also. Thror is a much larger figure as far as the sort of thematic significance of the story. Um, however, in the later material, in the Appendix A material um, from the Lord of the Rings, the, the story of the, of the people of Durin that we get in Appendix A, Thran takes a more prominent role. When we introduce, when, when Tolkien introduces the Ring of Power into the equation, the Dwarf Ring, Thran's, um, Thran's profile rises at that point. Um, and the major role that Thran plays is in the Battle of Azanulbazar. Um, this is one major consequence of having Thror still alive at the Battle of Azanulbazar in the film. Because the Battle of Azanulbazar is Thran's big moment um, in the book tradition. Um, it, he is not. He was never king under the mountain, and he's never going to be king under the mountain. But he is the one who calls all of the dwarves together and wages and le leads and the war on the goblins, which culminates in the Battle of Azanulbazar. And he's the one who, at the end, when they win, declares victory. Um, and though he gets a little bit carried away, you know, he, he you know he says you know we you know victory, and now Moria is ours. And uh, and Dan is the one who kind of smacks him down, um, and and delivers that the line, which is my favorite line in in that whole section of uh, of Appendix A, um, because Thran has lost an eye during the battle, so he he has only one eye, and Dan says, even with one eye, you should see more clearly, um, <laughs> which <laughs> which is my favorite line. He's like, look, we can't, you know. 
more we, we Moria is not ours now, uh, and uh, you know he sigh alone of you have looked into Moria because he on the doorstep of Moria itself is where he kills Azog Dan does, and looks into Moria and he's like in there like Durin's bane is still there and it's still waiting for us we can't go in there, um, so they don't go into Moria but again Thran wins the battle he wants to take it over but then he is the one who still has the dwarf ring of power. And he goes off to try to find Erebor, fails to find it. That's when he gets captured by the necromancer and taken. So in a sense, Thran becomes, after the, uh, after the development in Tolkien's mind of the dwarven rings of power, um, Thran becomes a tragic figure. Um, he becomes sort of the representative of the woes of the House of Durin and the ways in which the House of Durin has been persecuted by Sauron, largely because they had used, kept, uh, and um, and preserved, essentially, one of the dwarf rings, which Sauron had been trying to recall for a long time, and it was the last one left out, was the one that was that was possessed by the House of Durin. Um, so Thran becomes a kind of emblem of how Sauron has been um, has been persecuting the dwarves. Um, he he loses his kingdom. He never gets to become king. Um, he wins this battle, but doesn't uh, uh, fails to accomplish anything except vengeance, um, which is in the end not really satisfying. You know, they've guessed they've killed almost all the goblins, but they lost half of the of their own number. Half of the dwarves get killed, um, like half of the dwarves in the world apparently get killed, and. Um, uh, and he's still left with nothing other than the Dwarven Ring of Power and no kingdom and no home. He doesn't have Erebor. He didn't reclaim Moria. Um, and now he has nothing to do other than eventually be driven more and more crazy, made more and more desperate, and eventually get captured and die. Um, so that's that, that becomes the story of Thran. As I said, he becomes a tragic figure. Um, and this is where I am, what I am most interested to see about Thran in film two is thematically, what is his story going to be? What is going to be the role of his story? We've seen, I think, um, some indications of what the role of Thror is. And he is given two significances in that first film. One is his connection with the, with the kingdom and also with the gold. And his desire for the gold uh, and his condition, which I persist in calling dragon sickness, even though Trish doesn't like me to do it, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I'm ready to defend Trish at any time. Um, Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of taken <laughs> aback by the confidence in that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me stop being elusive about this. Uh, Trish, why don't you go ahead and make... Let's oh, do this right I have to now. go first? You oh, go ahead. God, smack down. Yes. You go ahead and make your argument. Well, the for me in the movie, the emphasis on Thor's sickness, I think, is connected to the Arkenstone. That the juxtaposition of the finding of the Arkenstone and then the the you know beginning of the you know the hoarding and his his um, obsession is connected to the Arkenstone. Now, the obsession causes the hoarding which attracts the dragon, but I think it's the, it, I think it's the Arkenstone that actually is causing the sickness. And then also, when the dragon comes, they make a point of showing Thror not going out to his people, not leading armies, but rushing to the throne to grab the Arkenstone right. and trying to get away, which again, for me, mean, you know, connects it more 
the sickness more to that, and then of course the symbol of it rolling away. So I mean, I'm thinking of it more that that he's going to take the Arkenstone, have the Arkenstone be the sickness, especially since we know that Thor, that's what's going to happen later with Thorin is kind of some you know like focus on the Arkenstone that that's actually what's causing the sickness and not the dragon. So that's because the dragon shows up after Thor, Thor's already right, right. gone over the edge. So that's my stand. Right, right. No, I mean, I, I, in, in general outlines, I do definitely agree with that. From a terminology standpoint, I do agree that one danger in referring to this uh, unwholesome desire for, you know, our lust for treasure that Thor has, one of the dangers of calling it the dragon sickness is it can lead to a misunderstanding that it is simply, you know, some kind of, um, communicable disease that is caught from dragons. Now the um, proximity and, of the dragon causes it. Yeah, that's how I have right always exactly. It, yeah. And that is, I mean, th and there are places in the Hobbit where that's implied. I mean, the y you know the the the, the moment where, um, where when Bilbo thinks that Thorin is going to immediately admit the justice that is in Bard's claims, um, but the narrator tells us that he had underestimated. Um, both the, uh, the 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 desire of dwarves for treasure and also the power of treasure upon a, upon upon which a dragon has long brooded that does sort of suggest that the dragon's sort of spiritual influence mm -hmm, has in mm -hmm. fact infected the gold in some way mm -hmm. um, so there is that, there is that piece of evidence which does actually bear that up but more broadly speaking I think that you know what the, that thing which I call dragon sickness is dragon sickness not because it comes from dragons, but because it is like dragons. Ah, in fact, got it. The, uh, the, the, the cause and effect even um, often goes in the opposite direction. That is, it's not that you catch it from dragons, it's what makes dragons. Um, and this, you know, going back to the to the to the the earlier material that that Tolkien was working with, thinking of Beowulf's dragon, uh, and thinking of Fafnir, Fafnir in particular, Fafnir becomes a dragon because of his desire for the gold. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's 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 a clear cause and effect in that direction. It's not, um, it doesn't work the other way. It's the desire for gold that makes him into a dragon. Many people will be familiar with you know the Chronicles of Narnia and Eustace turning into a dragon when he sort of sleeps upon the dragon gold and is thinking dragonish thoughts. Um, but there C.S. Lewis is only doing something more literally that Tolkien himself also talked about. I mean, Tolkien talked about this in connection with Beowulf's dragon as well, um, that he understood Beowulf's dragon to be, uh, to, to function, uh, that one of its functions was in a, was in a, a sort of a nearly allegorical, sort of a semi-allegorical sense. I say semi-allegorical because it's not simply an allegory, it's actually also a dragon, but, um, <clears throat> but that the dragon is also a symbol of that kind of greed and desire. Um, so uh, anyway, that I, I think is, is so, so that's why I characterize the whole thing as dragon, and, and that also seems to me how Tolkien uses the phrase. Of course, he applies the phrase dragon sickness to what happens to the mayor of Lake Town at the end. Um, he calls that dragon sickness, and I, the, I think fairly clearly his implication there is not he was affected by the curse that the dragon laid upon the gold or something like that, um, but simply he right. himself fell victim to dragonish thoughts. And, and um, I do agree, and so, by the way, as far as the book, I'm, I do think it's dragon 
it's both literally dragon created and also like you just said with the master of lake town it's metaphorically dragon sickness the movie jackson seems to change it though you know he seems to kind of disconnect the well, two and and so that's kind of where i'm at but you that's where you well i'm not sure on. i mean they are connected in that you know he does explicitly link thror's uh you know thror's lust for the gold and the arrival of the dragon mm-hmm. the fact that he's reversing the order of them um, is interesting. Is I find that very interesting. It was one of the one of the first things I really perked up my you know my eyebrows about when I saw the movie for the first time. Yeah. But um, but it makes sense, and I actually don't think that 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 it it undermines the connection. Um, you know, and and th- that the dragon, um, the dragon and the dragon's desire for gold is you know becomes I think within the film. Um, overtly a kind of Eustace-like uh, metaphor uh, mm-hmm. for Thror's own desire, so that the arrival of Smaug to possess the treasure um, is not like you know, a new chapter in the life of Erebor and its, uh, and its treasure, but rather the logical fulfillment right. of what was already happening to it uh, right. in Thror. Um, so this is why I'm comfortable still calling it Dragon Sickness. Mm-hmm. Now, as for the Arkenstone, um, that I'm just kind of waiting to see about. Because um, I, I, I agree that you're right. At the very least, uh, Jackson has been using, was using in that intro sequence the Arkenstone as a visual symbol. And I sort of suspect that uh, the, the, the one significance that it has as a visual symbol is... The Arkenstone is something that Thor, that Thor could like clutch to his chest in that moment that the dragon comes. He can't do that with his huge hall <laughs> full of gold, right? I mean, even if he goes in and he's like, no, and like spread eagles himself on this big pile of gold and tries to hug it all, it's still not going to be very effectual. Whereas he can have that, like, I am clutching my precious thing to my chest, and the Arkenstone in that moment serves as you know a visual representation of his entire horde and and indeed he immediately goes from there to the horde the reason he loses the arkenstone is that he's not content with the arkenstone because he doesn't run away he runs away from the dragon but he doesn't run away he runs to his horde right and of right. course smaug is there before him so i think it's pretty clear when he comes in with the arkenstone the reason he loses the arkenstone uh in the film is that he is trying to um, he starts with the Arkenstone, but then he brings the Arkenstone with him to try to get the rest of his treasure, or as much of the rest of his treasure as he can. Um, so, um, anyway, I, I'm... Uh, I have, a feeling, I'm, I have I'm, a feeling, you know, I don't think that this particular question is going to really become clear in movie two. I'll bet you in movie three we get a little bit clearer view of this. So we'll, we'll, ta- we'll have to table, we'll have to have... You a mean when we see Thorin undergo the same undergo process? Undergo whatever it is, yeah. And, it, and it's, it, you know, he'll yeah. either connect it directly to, like, you know, like the dragon itself or connect it to the Arkansas, one of the two. I don't know. Um, we shall see. Because I know, I know yeah, that so- Armitage, in an interview at one point, and again, we take the big grain of salt out of our pockets here, but um, <laughs> he, he did say something like, when he was describing Thorin's character, he said something like that Thorin is concerned that he may, he may you know, that his line is prone to this sickness and that he's concerned that he may have the same sickness that his grandfather had. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, and but that doesn't leave out either one, either side. Actually, it could be either or, you know, either the right. sickness or the. I, I guess it's really we can't really call it the Arkenstone sickness. That's kind of that's not really right. But anyway, right. so that's the thing that I think hasn't been shown. Right. right. I mean, it's possible that they'll do that. It's possible right. that they will make, in some sense, the Arkenstone have a kind of baleful influence on on right. the dwarves. That's right. 
conceivable. Um, or they could just make it to be again. It's it's, or, or it's certainly I would think for a film a very convenient vis visual yes. representation. Yes. You know, yeah. here is here is the horde uh, in pocket-sized version, and indeed that's kind of how it functions in the book as well to some right, extent. Right, And of course we haven't mentioned the ring which, which has made no appearance and no, you know, there's been no reference to it, which frankly I think now if they bring the ring up in movie two that's kind of a cheap shot, but, um, so, but it's almost like Darkestone yeah. may have somewhat of a similar, you know, impact that the ring originally had in, in, the, in the Legendarium. So, so on that note I want to I redirect things back to Thrine uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, and you um, were worried we weren't going to fill up an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, we're doing good with our I do language. think one, one interesting yeah. thing about this is the way that Peter Jackson has introduced the whole notion of this, um, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, treasure sickness. Although right. I, I also, I, like Corey, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with calling it uh, dragon sickness because uh, I, I like um, Scott's explanation that, that it, it's called dragon sickness because it's dragon-like, not right, because it's right. And I can get that. necessarily yeah. caused right. by dragons. Yeah. But um, one thing that's interesting about it is the way he's introduced it so early on is that it, it kind of gives them a variety of different directions to take it in the future movies. It could be it could be directly caused by the Arkenstone. I, I'm skeptical of that. I think it's going to end up being something much more something more Genetic. heritable, like a, like <laughs> like a trait, or or it could be related related to the ring, um, and 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 I think one place where this could potentially be exploited is we could see so in the question of what what happens to to Thryon in in the course of the the uh, the movie narrative, um, you know so so uh, actually before we go that direction let's review what we do know about him. Um, we know that he was there in the uh, uh, in the Lonely Mountain with his with his um, illustrious grandfather and then his and then his very brave son it's not clear what what it's not clear what Thryan's role there was he was he's like the he's almost like the middle child who kind of really, yes, really he doesn't really do is. anything <laughs> um, right. and i think okay i could be wrong about this but visually i think he was already missing an eye at that point just just like complete side note yeah, didn't he? In um, the movie, I, he comes Trish, out. You yeah, point. In, in the movie, when they're escaping Erebor, uh, they come out. Uh, Thryon is being carried out by his son. You know, he's being helped out by his son, and his and his left eye is all bloodied. So yeah. I think the implication is that he loses the eye when the dragon attacks Erebor in the movie. Yes, interesting. Um, yeah. So and of course, you know, he, he that's it's it's another. You know, detail that I'm kind of fascinated that Peter Jackson included. I know. The fact that Thrain loses an eye, um, uh, and he moved it. Obviously, he moved it from as an Bazaar to the attack of Smaug because he wasn't going to show Thrain in the battle of as an Bazaar. Yep. Um, so there wasn't time for him to lose his eye there. But anyway, sorry, Dave, go ahead. No worries. So, okay, so we we see him there. We know they go off wandering. Um, we know that eventually they uh, we have this major battle at Azanulbazar, um, but that is led as you as you mentioned, Corey. That's led by Thror, not by Thryon. Yes. Um, and we don't even know what role he played there. He's not even shown, as far as I know, wasn't even shown on screen. Um, we just get this vague hint that something happened to him, that he like disappeared during the course of it, or immediately yes. before or after it, or who knows. Um, and 
and that's it. That's really all we know about him from from uh, from the film. The only sort of additional information we have is we have this the, this you know in, you know sort of almost now infamous uh, um, footage from a past trailer that wasn't that didn't appear in the film of Gandalf having a fight with some kind of crazy bearded hobo man that <laughs> that everybody immediately said was well it's got to be Thrain because who else would it be um, and, and seems fairly likely but. Uh, but that and, and looked like it was taking place at a location that, having seen the first film, looks a lot like Dol Guldur. It's kind of you know ancient fortress, outdoor ruins. Yeah. But um, apart from that, we don't really know anything about what's going on with them. So they they they've given themselves a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom to do. And this is a bone anything. I have to and, pick. This is actually a bone I have to pick. I was kind of telling this to Corey earlier this morning. The fact that. The lack of Thryant in the first movie is, like, really loud to me. You know, it's almost like, again, like a cheap shot, like that they that they went out of their way to, like, leave him out to such an extent in the first movie makes me believe that he, he is going to come back, you know, in spades in the second movie in some form. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's, for, for Tolkien fans like us, I think that's, his. you're right, his absence was conspicuous. Was conspicuous. Um, yeah, and I mean, the bone I, I, I think have to it, pick is it's just like, to me, that's just formulaic movie making, which irritates me, but I think but, that's... But, but I think the thing is, Trying to can you imagine the can you like where where on earth would they have fit him into the first film? It would have been it would have, it would have totally confused it for your for your average movie going person. They would have been like, how am I supposed to keep track of all these old dwarves? First, there's four. <laughs> the th- who are these people? Right. I think I actually think it makes way more sense. Well, um, I guess you to know, do it the way they've done it, where they only have yeah, to keep track where, of where the first and yeah, right where they the first film they're setting up all the Thror stuff, and then in the second film. Which, which I think we've suspected for a long time is going to have much more of a focus on the necromancer. The second films where they're going to ask the question, "Hey, whatever happened to your dad, by the way?" Um, <laughs> right. And and his story will be recounted. The question is, what will that story be, and how closely will it will it hew to the um, the story uh, in as it's presented in the books? Because so you know, to me, one of the one of the one of the most key details that was changed is the is the story of the map and the key. Yes. Um, in in the well, books we know in the books we know that, that that they were passed on before he took off to go to Dol Guldur, um, or, or no, actually no. Let, yeah. let me let me go back. They were ta- they were given to Gandalf by a crazy old man that Gandalf met in the, in the pits was. of Dol Guldur, who he, yeah, who he later figured out was um, ninety one years old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here it's pretty clear that's not what's happening. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Plus, but, Gandalf really but, elided he, over the whole thing. Remember, in in the unexpected party, right. he just but he, oh, but he mentions it. Yes, that was yeah. the thing. That was the thing that I find the the one thing which I still find most well, not puzzling, but 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 intriguing. Uh, just yeah, <laughs> is the fact that Thran is still mentioned. I expected. When we were not going to get Gandalf, you know, when the movie didn't right. start with my, like, fantasy Gandalf as James Bond, like, going through <laughs> Dol Guldur and finding Freya and getting the map and key, uh, you know, like, when that didn't happen, um, I was expecting that we were going to get some other explanation entirely of the map and key, that he was still going to give the map and key at Bag End, um, but there would have to be some other explanation for it. Instead... We still got the same explanation. I got this from your father. When? How? Where? Right. We don't exactly. know. Exactly. And what's more, 
I have a hard time even thinking of the answer to that question. And um, as Brianna points you know, out, I, 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 Gandalf says he's never been to Dol Guldur in the film. So if if yes. Thrain actually gave him the map, the kid has to have been, you know, at some other point in time in some place else. Right. Yep. And when could that have happened? If 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 Thrain disappears. From all knowledge, other than Azog's, apparently, because, Dave, that is one other thing we know about That's Thrain, right. is Azog's taunt to Thorin at the end. Uh, exactly. Has seen him. Um, so, okay, if, if nobody but Azog has seen Thran since uh, the Battle of Azanulbazar, uh, of of, of Gandalf must have gotten the map and key from him sometime between uh, the attack on Erebor by Smaug and the Battle of Azanulbazar. Um, and we know nothing other than the shot of Thorin at his, uh, at his forge uh, there blacksmithing. Geez, that might um, be the opening exile. of movie two, you know, Eve of the Battle... A cloaked figure enters Thrain's tent. Thrain says, I want to give these to you in case something happens to me. Turns out to be Gandalf. <laughs> and then my question is, does the Ring of Power play any role in that? Yeah. Because I'm still, I'm still not, although the Ring of Power was, in, was entirely and in all ways absent, um, no reference whatsoever that I can detect, open or veiled, was made to it in that first film, I am right. still not willing to, uh, to give over the idea entirely that the ring will play a role at some point. Well, um, and there and is footage. There's footage of Saruman that wasn't used. You know, it was in, I forget what it was in, um, one of the footage right. things we right. got, where he talks about the rings, and he's but, actually talking about the dwarven rings. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, they would. I mean, they, they, they introduced that, you know, we see dwarves holding rings right. at the beginning of the, the Fellowship of the Ring movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's right. part of what they're working with. They're not just going to pretend they don't exist. Right. Though, they could opt out of including that in this story. But Dave, this gets back to the point that you were making about the simplification of things by not include, they're not including Thran and why that makes sense in, for, the, for the sake of the film. Because not only does it just lead to yet another gray-bearded dwarf to keep track of, which I agree would be challenging enough for, for, for non-Tolkien fans, but also thematically, it's a totally different thing. It, it, having, in the first film, they establish Thorin and Thorin's issues. You know, his issues are he has no home. His issues are are, are that his people are in exile. You know, the, the, we've got the whole dwarven diaspora thing, and his sense of responsibility for that, and his desire to correct that, and to give to bring his people back to their homeland. Um, and Thror is the symbol of that. Thror was king under the mountain. We also have the setup for the dragon sickness thing, and Thror also is the main figure of that. Thran is not needed for either one of those things, and both of them are actually improved and simplified by having it just be about Thorin and Thror. But that isn't to say that there can't be a separate Thror or a th uh, Thran element, uh, a separate Thran thread in this, but it's going to complicate things for Thorin. You know, if Thorin has not only... Um, if Thorin has not only an issue with uh, trying to reestablish his grandfather's kingdom, and oh, by the way, like, you know, be careful about the treasure bit and don't go down the same road that you saw your grandfather going down as far as obsession with treasure is concerned, but if now there's another thing, oh, and by the way, you're your 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 uh, family had one of the dwarven rings of power, and yeah. that's been lost. So, so so Thorin, add that to your to-do list also. Um, you know, uh, like that's. I think that that could be done, 
but it does not surprise me at all that they didn't try to add that on top of everything else in that first film. Having established those other things in the first film, though, I would think that it would be possible for them to now go and say, and now the Thran themes, and have Thran be the focal point of a discussion of the, of the Ring of Power. Um, and Gandalf can be involved in that. Gandalf would be involved in that. You know, uh, you know, Gandalf saying, yeah, I was worried about the Dwarven Rings, because that's one of the main reasons, in the books, that's one of the main reasons why he's looking for Thrain, because he wants, he's trying to find out what happened to the Dwarven Rings of Power. There was only one left totally unaccounted for. What happened to it? And he finds out what happened to it. The necromancer got it. Um, but that was one, again, that was one of his, one of his, one of his chief interests in the story. I can imagine them, I, it's, it's not that I'm convinced they're going to, but I can imagine this coming in, that we have, having established the Thror plots, to have in film two, Thror take more of a back seat, uh, thematically speaking, and Thran then come in to be like, but now what about Thorin's father? You know, what are the issues that basically Thorin has inherited from his dad and not just his grandfather? Um, and to use that as, as um, you know, an opportunity to talk about the to talk about the the the, the dwarf ring. Yeah, that makes this, it actually. You brought up two things there. One is, you know, I wonder if Thorne's actually going to have daddy issues. You know, we'll see on right. screen. Right. And then I and not also, just granddaddy issues. And not yeah. just granddaddy issues. Yeah. And then you also, you know, yeah. said something that makes me think of Gosh, you know, we could end up seeing kind of a Laertes type scene, couldn't we, between father and son? To thine own self be true, and then thou I doubt. I doubt if we do meet Fran, he's going to sound too much like Polonius. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's possible, I guess. I but, doubt. Uh, Would be funny though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't know. I mean. I am, I, I'll say for the record, though I've said it before, I remain skeptical, um, not, not openly uh, opposed, but skeptical to the interpretation of that, you know, crazy hobo guy as Thran from yeah. the trailer. I was never convinced that that must be Thran. I agree that it's like a theory, but the theory seemed to be based on, Dave, what you were just repeating. Who else could it be? I was like, well, I mean... If I had seen Azog, I wouldn't have been like, well, it must be Azog. Who else could it be? So, um, you know, clearly they can introduce other people, and it could be somebody fairly unexpected. I don't think it has to be uh, Thran, but that does seem possible. Um, however, remember at the time, one of the debates we were having about this back during that first episode was, if that was Thran in the trailer, why is he not in what, what is called the pits of Dal Guldur? And we had that yeah. whole debate, yeah. you remember, about yeah. the open-air prisons and all that stuff? Why is he just up wandering around, you know? Right. And, and, but basically, the, the, the revelation of, what, of Dol Guldur and what it looks like in the film has actually increased rather than decreased my skepticism about that. Because I agree with you, the scene in which uh, that, you know, Gandalf is having that fight does look like Dol Guldur, but that place does not have open-air prisons. That place is a ruin. Dol Guldur right. is a ruin. So if there is any prison in the ruin of Dol Guldur, it has to be underground. Like the, it's not. It's not like a facility for 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 maintaining prisoners above ground. It's just a ruin. It's it's enough of a ruin that most people, including Radagast, doesn't even realize there was anybody there until he went to visit. So 
I think that the, uh, the, uh, the odds that Thran has been a prisoner in Dol Guldur all along, and being a prisoner at Dol Guldur involves wandering around the ruins in the open, seems to me now less likely than it did before. Um, when I was considering Dol Guldur, the assumption I was operating under a year ago was that Dol Guldur was going to be a fully operative facility of one kind or another. Um, and in the film, we find Dol Guldur is not a fully operating facility, at least not externally. It's a ruin uh, in, in which, which is, it's like a haunted ruin is how they, is how they depict right. it. Therefore, um, if, um, if there's going to be this stuff going on in Dol Guldur, um, it, it could well be that Sauron is there, but he's there in secret, and so um, the like facility, there are in fact prisons and torture chambers and council rooms and everything at Dol Guldur, but they're concealed and they're underground and nobody knows about it. Um, that seems to me possible, but um, but which means again, though, if Thran is there, he's got to be in those. He's not just going to be wandering about the ruins. So, so my skepticism about that dude that Gandalf is fighting being being Thran is even uh, is has has increased rather than decreased by seeing the first film. It, 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 if you can offer a uh, plausible theory as to who else it might be, I'll believe you. <laughs> uh, well, um, I don't know. <laughs> there actually is the possibility that they let Ryan go knowing that Gandalf is, you know, coming or on premises. I mean, I just—that's a real stretch to me because why wouldn't they just release goblins or something else, you know, to take on Gandalf? But it could be that he's in prison and you know, they let if, him go. If, they, they might be just messing with him. It's possible. If they do in the film, if they have Sauron release Thran um, and establish this like parallel between captive Thrayan and captive Hurin from the Silmarillion when Morgoth lets him go and wander oh, off so he can yeah, do yeah, more yeah, harm. Yeah. If, if Peter Jackson establishes a parallel between Thrayan and Hurin, I will like stand up and take my hat off to him in the theater. I will bow and, in, and, and introduce myself like Balin does to Bilbo in Chapter 6 if that happens. Uh, I'd be willing to do that too if it can be established. <laughs> If it can be established that he did it intentionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he won't be able to but, do that because uh, he won't be able to admit to it if, I mean, you know, at least... Well, <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> that's true. In fact, he'd probably have to deny it, wouldn't he? Yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> but, but, if, but if he denies it in a particular way, then he may right. only yeah. increase our suspicions that he... So um, let's, let's stipulate something. Um, as far as we know, as far as we can tell from the film... Gandalf has never previously visited Dol Guldur. Yep. Yep. Um, and in fact, from from the conversations that he has with Radagast, it sounds like nobody's really even paid right. attention to Dol Guldur. Like, oh, that's just yes. that old, it's that old, right. you know, old ruin. Nobody would move in there. The place is a is a is a dump. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, and so he certainly, when he received the map and the key, he received it. I, I don't know when. I, I actually kind of like your idea, Trish, of him getting up, uh, sneaking into Thrain's tent at, on the eve of the, <laughs> the, eve uh, of the battle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so their first encounter will have to take place 
during the time the the during the timeline of the film. And this gets into some of the weird time compression they're doing with with the whole Dol Golder storyline. Um, and so this does sort of bring up a question of of how how the Thrine's story is going to be conveyed on screen. So in the book at this point. Um, uh, they already know, like um, at the book in the book at this point, they already know a great deal. Um, everybody except Gandalf. Well, I guess Bilbo doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. But uh, all the dwarves know that he disappeared somewhere, uh, you know, on the edge of Mirkwood when he was with his companions. Just one night, they or one morning, they woke up and he was gone. He was on his way back to the Lonely Mountain, um, kind of, kind of, sort of doing uh, what, um, uh, doing what. Um, uh, Thorin himself is doing, you know, going back to take on the dragon, maybe. I think he... Who, who is it, Corey, remind me, who is it that passes the ring on and delivers the speech that the ring needs gold to make gold? The ring will be the foundation of a future wealth. Thor gives it to Thorin. That's or one, to Thran. That's Thorin when Thor gives it to Thran. Yeah, but, yes. but Thran doesn't actually give it to Thorin. He, he has it with him. Yes. And so... So everyone knows he disappeared on the edge of Mirkwood, and then Gandalf is the one who does the the the, the um, reveal that that he was actually captured by the necromancer. Um, right, which Gandalf has to figure out because he yes. just meets this crazy old dude who has no idea. He's, as Gandalf says, he didn't remember his own name. All yeah. he had was the map and key, and which he had preserved. And he said, "Give these to my son. Give these to my son." And he didn't know who his son was or who he was. Yep. Um, so it was only it was you know, and he says I forget. It's in I think it's in the quest of Erebor that only much later did he realize that he had heard what might have been the you know the final words of Thrain, and son of Thor. Um, yep. So, but you know, I, I just I just had a I, I just had a brainwave, and it, of course, you know, <laughs> the odds that this are true uh, will. But I, I, I a, a theory in answer to your question of how they're going to handle um, Thran in the second film. I thought of a, of, of a way in which they could make it thematically consistent and, more importantly, thematically coherent to viewers. Remember that the, there are two, th there's really only one thing that we've been asked to associate with Thrayan in the film, and that's the map and the key. And in particular, the key, when Gandalf takes that out with his dramatic hand motion and hands it over to Thorin, and Thorin holds it up and looks at it, and then he puts it away, and we don't see the key ever again in the entire first film. Um, and I think the key is something which is clearly going to have a visual significance in the story. Um, you can tell even just by the merchandising of the key. I was going to say, I've got on, those 3D glasses with the key on the side. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, so I think that the key... It's the key could be used as a visual representation of Thorin's link to his father. That you could do this whole, I am returning to the kingdom of my grandfather, and I gain access to that kingdom by the key that was given to me by my, you know, that was left for me by my father. Especially if we're going to do any kind of flashbacky thing to Thran giving the key to Gandalf, because it's got to be explained. I mean, right. Jackson can't not explain that. I mean, he's brought it up 
and he's plugged up all the other holes as to how he could have gotten it. There has to be a story, a story that the movies are going to tell about how Gandalf got it from Thran. And it seems to me that the most likely option is that this is going to be not an act of desperation on Thran's part as it is right. in the books. I'm in prison. I'm, 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 you know, they've taken the ring from me. I've got no hope and no future, and I'm about to die. Please give this to my son. Instead of that, it's got to be an act of foresight on his part. Mm-hmm. Thran saying, uh, you know, I forebode that later on, I, that I'm not going to be able to hand this down to my son if I don't give it to some, if I don't entrust this to somebody else, Thorin isn't going to get it and the prophecies won't be fulfilled and the destiny won't be complete. So here, Gandalf, under whatever circumstances I don't know, um, here, you know, take this key and map and when the time is right, give it to my son, um, which therefore makes uh, Thran the enabling figure that Thorin right. is, or Thor is the one who's, who's, um, you know, whose shoes Thorin is going on to fill. But Thran's role becomes the one who makes it possible for for Thorin to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's fairly clear from the taunt from Azog that the sort of daddy issues and the that that Thran and what happened with Thran and Thorin's relationship with what happened to Thran, that is his vengeance for that, is going to be rolled into the what is obviously going to be a, an ongoing Thorin-Azog thing mm-hmm. in film two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can have... Uh, because this was actually something, one of the things, you know, as, you know, as we've talked about much before, um, everybody complains about Azog in the film, and I don't have nearly the same problem with Azog as everybody else does. But the one thing that gave me pause about Azog is the way it was sort of this extra burden upon Thorin. Like, he's got enough to deal with. Um, with uh, the dragon and uh, reestablishing his grandfather's kingdom. And now there's this sense in which it's explicitly rendered into the film when, uh, when Azog reappears or when people are talking about Azog, how insistent Thorin is, no, he's dead. You know, he died of his wounds, mm-hmm. um, which seems an almost irrational thing for him to say. Like, what evidence does he possibly have for that? And it seems to be rather that he really wants that to be true because he doesn't mm-hmm. want another ba- major thing thing on his to-do list. If he, if he has to not only go back and reconquer Erebor and somehow destroy the dragon, but also on the way, oh, by the way, Azog is still alive. That's a loose end that you thought was tied up but actually isn't tied up. Your grandfather remains unavenged, so now you know, put that on your list also. There's this way in which Thorin himself wants to remain more focused and doesn't want to have to think about that. So if they connect the Azog story with Thran so that now both of the loose ends, both the Thror loose end with Smaug and the Thran loose end gets tied into Azog, it helps, it helps, that would help me anyway to kind of make uh, the Azog stuff fit in and not be just a a very significant sidebar. Um, Yeah, I think, I actually think that's, and also the thing that would also help with is it wouldn't create even more sort of a clutter. Like, right. As you say, yet another yet another side task. It's like, all right, so now you've got to go to Lonely Mountain and get the dragon, but you also got to kill Azog because he's not actually dead. And oh, by the way, your father's still alive. We need to rescue him. And, right. And you know, like the Azog storyline, I'm really I, I, I we mentioned this when we did our three-hour uh, review episode that I'm still editing. Yes, yes, people, <laughs> it will be released eventually. I promise. <laughs> um, but. Uh, 
you know, Trish and I weren't really sold on the whole Azog storyline. I like, I kind of like the idea of it, of there being something to sort of pressure them to keep moving. Mm -hmm. But there is, there, you do bring up a good, a, a good point about that, and this would also be true of of anything involving Thrine, at least, least if it's revealed to to Thorin, uh, that, you know, kind of like. It's hard, like it's hard to imagine why Thorn being having such a fixation on Azog, as you say. You know, it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't kind of just drop everything and say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to take care of this before we we can't go any further to the Lonely Mountain until we've gotten this guy. It's almost it's almost sort of too effective as far as being an an emotional storyline to involve um, the main characters because you you leave the the audience sort of sitting there and thinking like, you know. Shouldn't you probably take care of that, or, or um, you know, like you keep saying that this is really important, you want, want revenge, yada yada yada, and yet you you know you're not even trying. Um, it, it was it was it worked well at the end of the film when you had that great. Mo I mean, what, all other things aside, the moment where Thorin stands up and then runs into the battle out of the flaming tree was pretty amazing. Uh, and then when <laughs> Bilbo joins in as well, and then all the other dwarves come in. I mean, that was that was that was awesome. I enjoyed that very much but it is it is a little distracting um, and I think the worry is int introducing Thrain um, is even more distracting but it, it could be that they will tie up those loose ends in this next film that they'll as you say that, that it'll be connected to the Azog storyline um, well and don't forget we and, got Bolg who's going to get introduced in movie two as well Well, and I, I, I personally I think the Bolg thing I mean, my, my my guess is the way the Bolg thing is going to be handled is that, that they're going to tie up the Azog storyline. He's going to get killed. Mm. And then you're going to have a, a flip. Instead of it being uh, Thorin wanting to kill Azog for killing his grandfather, it's going to be Bolg wanting to kill um, uh, Thorin for kill killing Azog his father. For killing his grandfather, yeah. Yep. So, but, I, I, you know, there's part of me that's starting to wonder if, if something's going to happen while they're in Mirkwood. You know, like, I, I one possibility that I don't, think we've discussed that, that just kind of came upon me as we were talking is, is there a possibility that maybe the company is going to get involved in the dull gold or business? Mm. Well, see, here's the thing, is that one thing that was clearly established by the film is the connection of the spiders to Dol Guldur. Um, yep. The spiders right. were very emphatically connected. It is following the trail of the spiders, essentially, that leads Radagast to Dol Guldur in the first place. So I do think that there is some reason to think when the spiders capture the dwarves in Mirkwood um, and they go back to their home, their home might be very close to Dol Guldur. Um, so that is a way, especially since, I mean, of course, we, you know, it, and, and and don't forget, people, If when I said that, you're thinking, but wait a second, Dol Guldur is hundreds of miles to the south. Geography, okay, in the film, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we cross massive distances in the blink of an eye in these movies. That is a fairly clearly established thing. So the fact that Dol Guldur would be hundreds of miles away is not going to be anything that's going to stop me from predicting that. So yep. I... I do think certainly, uh, certainly uh, thematically, the spiders have been connected to um, uh, to Dol Guldur, and so therefore, I think that we could imagine such a thing happening. Um, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the point of it would be. I don't know how the um, 
I mean, it's one thing to say it's no coincidence that Thorin's story is happening, is, is unfolding at the same time that the necromancer story is unfolding. Um, but to actually have them cross like that, um, to actually have Bilbo, Thorin, and company at the ruins of Dol Guldur, um, I don't know where that goes. I'm not, I, 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 I can't parse that at all. I, um, so I, I see your point, but um, Brianna brings up a really good point in the in the comments in the questions. She says that she's puzzled as to what point such a meeting in Dol Guldur would serve in the film if there's no ring and the map and key are already given. Basically, why would you even it, essentially like it's it kind of becomes a completely waste of screen time to have Gandalf wander into Dol Guldur and, and run into Thrain and be like, oh, look, I it's fine. Because it's, it's not going to do anything. He's just going to meet back up with Thorin much later in the film, you know, around the time of the Arkenstone, when all of that stuff's happening with the with the elves and the men and all that kind of stuff. And there's so many character things going on there with Bilbo and Thorin. And then, and what's he going to do? Like, just by the way, I I found your father. He's dead. <laughs> just thought I'd tell you that. Okay, so back to the business at hand. And right. and so I, I'm kind of searching around for how could they actually connect that to the storyline so that there's some significance to that meeting. And the significance of it that I could maybe imagine is that maybe Thorin actually goes on a rescue mission. What? My father's there? Let's go. And gets drawn into the Battle of Dol Guldur, and then during the course of that, Thrain is killed or something. Well, the other maybe. thing about well, here, it is that the, the meeting with Thrine, or who we're thinking is Thrine and Dal Guldur, may have actually ended up on the cutting room floor when we went to three movies. You know, we may not even see that, uh, that scene. Oh, yeah, that's true. They may have shipped to the story. Well, here's, here's – I, I do have a potential answer to the question, Dave, of what okay. function could it serve. And that is it could be part of, it could be part of the reveal of Sauron. That is, if Gandalf is going to go, um, if Gandalf is going to go to Dol Guldur on a, on a reconnaissance mission, if he's going to go to try to figure out, okay, Radagast has, you know, said, you know, there's this, and we've got this whole Morgul knife thing going on. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm here anyway, right? I'm at Mirkwood. Uh, I just got here with Bilbo and Thorin and everybody. Um, but now I'm going to let them go off through Mirkwood, and, and since I'm here, I'm going to I'm going to pop down to Dol Guldur and see what I can see. Um, I could imagine them having a meeting with Thran. Who I mean, if it is Thran, which again, as as I've said, I'm skeptical of. But if it is Thran, they could have him meet with uh, either a released in crazy Thran or an escaped in crazy Thran or something like that, or have him rescue uh, uh, Thran and have Thran be the one who say, who tells who who tells him it's Sauron, um, mm. you know, like I was I was you know the, I've been held captive by him for years now I know who it is, um, it's Sauron returned and Gan and that's when Gandalf is like oh boy and he goes and talks to Goadriel or he you know sends up his Goadriel signal or whatever <laughs> and then he and that's when Gandalf says okay if this is Sauron taking shape again we need to move and we need to like. Uh, you know, commence the butt kicking pronto, um, and that's what precipitates the Battle of Dol Guldur. Ah, because that's a that's a that's a very Ryan good possibility. And could have a role in that battle and end up dying in it. 
conceivably you know, if we, if we or he could die him, then i mean it could yeah. be like his dying words and which right, he reveals right, to gandalf right. that, that 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 the necromancer is sauron right, because right. i think thinking thinking for a second about the, the the necromancer plot of the second film it does seem to me that there needs to be two like two things need to happen like we need to both Establish that Sauron, that the necromancer is Sauron, and then have the attack on Sauron. And I kind of think it seems to me that 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 first thing has to happen first. That Gandalf isn't just gonna isn't just gonna just pony up and attack um, if it's like some random dude. Um, so it's not gonna. Be, I think it's not gonna be until he finds out this is Sauron taking shape again um, that Gandalf is gonna say, "Hey, you know, let's do a preemptive strike if this is indeed Sauron taking shape again." Yep. Brianna agrees yep. with you, and her further her further. Um, Evidence to support your theory is that since Gandalf is freaking out and running around in all those clips, that you know that would that would <laughs> right. like line up with him discovering it's Sauron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I will say, Corey. I now that now that you've said that and I'm thinking about it, I now think that this is an inevitability. That's almost <laughs> certainly what the almost <laughs> certainly so easy. <laughs> well, but some, sometimes you just think, and you're like, yeah, that's really the only thing Clicks, they could do. Yeah, it, yeah. And it makes complete sense cinematically to, 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 to do it that way. And, it, and, and I, I still have this sense that, um, so you recall that Gladriel tells Gandalf um, in the film, kind of, kind of, call and I will come if you ever need me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. This vision, I have this vision of Gandalf pulling a tree beard. He's going to go into Dol Guldur, discover it's uh, it's, yep. pro- it's Sauron or or some other danger, may- probably through Thrain, and, and say, then kind of run out of Dol Guldur, <laughs> whistle, and then elves are going to come out of the trees. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. And uh, and and I think and remember, uh, Trish, you mentioned to me at one point in one of those in one of those uh, ancillary Hobbit movie spin-off books. Um, like the Chronicles book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't you mention to me at one point that Thran is called a counselor? A counselor. That, like that's his primary role? Is that yeah, his, in the Chronicles book, the people who are you know writing about de- designing Thran and coming up with his say that they were told by, I assume, Jackson or his minions that Thran is a counselor, that, that that's kind of his character as a counselor, which I find kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, me too, because that, that fits perfectly, mm-hmm. because if his primary role is not as warrior but as, you know, wise one, that fits all of the things we've been speculating about. It would fit with his having some kind of foresight and saying, you know, I judge that I will not be able to, right. you know, so Gandalf, I'm going to give you the key in the map because... Uh, you know, in my wisdom, and uh, you know, some foresight is upon me, and you're going to need this, and that would also then set up um, this fi- that why Thorin, why Gandalf would take him seriously if he meets, uh, you know, ex prisoner or whatever Thran in the ruins, and Thran is like, ah, see, you know, uh, I, like, but you know, the, the necromancer is actually Sauron. Gandalf would have reason to take him seriously. This is, you know, Thran the wise, Thran the foresighted, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who is, whose who's dying act is to basically counsel Gandalf and tell him what is happening and what needs to be done. Right, um, right. That makes and, sense. And, 
yeah, so I mean, I so said that that actually it, that does all fit together. Um, you know, we'll sort of see about that. That would be interesting. It would certainly be a a, a different role for Thran to have that is clearly distinct from Thror's role. Thror as king and as warrior, not so successful warrior in the end, but um, that is in his <laughs> de de decapitated by Azog. But nevertheless, he you know Thror being the one who leads the battle uh, to the battle of as an Ulbazar. Um, I, this I could see, I could see working. I could still also see the Ring of Power being brought in, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you know, maybe even uh, you know, sort of basically Thrain talking about that, and not only just you know lamenting that it was gone, but um, I don't, I don't even know. Maybe you know, giving him some kind of insight into the fact that it was. Uh, corrupted and I don't know but you, know, you could see like basically him being like a, you know I don't have the ring to hand on to my son but you know what actually it's probably for the best um, I don't know I mean it, but uh, we know in the book Thran isn't like that you know Thran is just like my ring my ring I lost it I lost it I lost it and that's all that almost all that Gandalf can get out of it you know you you've actually but, pointed anyway. to this thing that I think is is worth kind of just repeating in the movie there's a there is very definitely an ennoblement of the dwarves specifically the Durin dwarves from the in the movie compared to the book you know we don't yeah. have Thror the crazy guy going off on his own we don't have yep. Ryan you know you know off running off on his own either it's it's interesting so you know your idea in terms of gandalf meeting thryan and and all i mean it it's kind of follows this same thing i think jackson's doing which is really kind of promoting duran into a much more noble level than what tolkien had 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 them yeah and you know i i i the more i think about this the more i like the idea of this <laughs> happening near the beginning of the film um, even potentially being involved in an opening sequence, having a kind of a starting off with like a Gandalf flashback of um, of his of his earlier meeting with Thran, um, <clears throat> so as to sort of proclaim um, because actually, ooh, this would be so cool. In fact, to uh -huh. have the to have the three movies have basically Thror was kind of the presiding spirit ah. of film one, have Thran be the presiding spirit of film two, and then Thorin the presiding spirit of film three. That, that, yeah. that, that like, could be pretty seriously awesome if that worked, but it seems and, a little you know, unlikely I, given that they were originally planning two films. But. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, and, and again, given the, the absence of Thrain in the first movie, you know, which, I mean, I think, again, that supports the idea of Thrain being much more conspicuous in movie two. Yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, I don't. I, I still think it's quite likely that he's just dead. I mean, you know that uh, <laughs> that we're not going to see him again alive uh, in the second film. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that the the reference to him, especially the reference by Azog at the end, um, that's the thing that most leads me to suspect that he probably is alive. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, it doesn't prove it because it could really only mean that Azog, um, you know, has seen him alive more recently than Thorin did. And he's but, just taunting um, Thorin with right. doubts and stuff. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, um, but no, I mean, I think most likely, you know, in the kind of dramatic, um, you know, the the sort of narrative economy of the films, it's likelier that he is alive. I suppose. But Dave's doing the same mm -hmm. thing I'm doing. Dave and I are looking at the notes here to see if there's anything that we haven't covered. 
we kind of did cover what role the character, you know, the various necromancer Gandalf, Azog, Bold will play in Thryon's story. Yes, we've very, very naturally hammered a lot of the the <laughs> things that I proposed. <laughs> as, uh, oh, good. Oh, good. Um, yeah. yeah, we, we, yeah, especially. Um, I do wonder. Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to like. I like this question. What uh, the way I wrote it was: What role will the and then I put in placeholder, you know, character variable play in Thrine's story? What will it reveal about the character? And I I listed underneath that necromancer Gandalf Azog Bolg. Um, I do uh, just just briefly. Do you think um, do you think uh, that Azog's um, uh, comment about uh, Thrine, um and then also the the fact that he knows about the quest from the beginning, you know, and that and and um, let's see, who is it? Where where did my questions go? Ah, there we go. Um, uh, Sharon Hoff mentions the fact mm -hmm. that Gandalf accuses Thorin of having told someone about their plans, there being a, a leak or something. Uh, you know, it, it does make me wonder if there is a connection between Azog and um, uh, the Necromancer, if he, his strings are actually being pulled by the Necromancer. I mean, it, it's right. interesting. It, he's he's in the in the course of the film. Azog is really he's not indicated to be a flunky. Um, right. there, there's no right. scene of him reporting to anyone. Yep. Everything that we're told about him is that he's this great and and, and um, awful leader, and that he you know he was the strongest of the orcs. He really looks like an independent agent, but there's yes. few subtle hints. The Thrain comment, the fact that he knows about the the, the company's um, thing, uh, you know, and, and also the fact that he's pursuing Thorin. I mean, you know, they give him a reason, like, oh, I want to wipe out the line of Thorin and all that, but. It, it's not enough that I'm completely buying it. Like I still suspect that he is—he's working for someone, or if he's not directly working for the necromancer, he's being manipulated by him. Yep, yep. No, I agree, and I think that that is—that seems to fit naturally into the overall shape of the way that the necromancer is being revealed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that at the same time that we have, all right, we have this big orc who is obviously the captain of the of the orcs in Moria. You know, he so he was already like a goblin king with apparently much more stature than the great goblin that they meet in the Misty Mountains. Um, and, the, and, and the great goblin himself seemed to speak with respect and fear of Azog um, mm -hmm. when they meet him. Um, so I agree, he does seem like an independent agent. But, but So to, to have coming together the fact that this necromancer, you know, that there is a necromancer, I've commented before on the use of the indefinite article that they do in the first film, like there's a necromancer in the Mer in in Merkwood. Um, yep. <clears throat> that they that they you know so so for them to discover at the same time, this is not just a necromancer. Um, at, at the same time to realize, oh yeah, Azog, who is a big deal, you know, who 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 has all of this stature among the among the orcs is actually working for that guy, um, or at least um, you know if not directly <clears throat> taking his orders. Um, you know, allied with him, affiliated with him. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, no, that that makes that makes all kinds of sense to me, um, and and it brings in to the question of Bolg, uh, yeah. and you know maybe we should save Bolg for another. Episode, I was just thinking but, that. I was just thinking maybe we should talk about Bolg next time. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah, there's yeah. been a couple things you know I've been tempted to sort of make some observations on the Battle of Dol Guldur and on Bolg, but I'm like no 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 those are other episodes those are other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but again, to me, the biggest question with Fran, the thing, the thing that is to me the biggest question mark that I'm going to be most interested to see is whether or not they're going to bring in the Ring of Power. I, as yeah. I said, even its total absence in the first film, I could see that as simply efficiency on their part. You know, mm -hmm. they don't want to muddy the waters Too by bringing symbols. in a hundred yeah. themes all at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so and that's, and maybe and I guess each, and each movie is going to, you know, there is probably that thing, Brianna can probably fill me in on this better, but, I mean, each movie is going to kind of have to have its own focus. Right. You said it about right. the, you know, possibly the Thrawn Thrawn thing. So yeah, so the ring could actually be brought in, I suppose, you know, as in the second movie and and, and, and be done effectively. Yeah, I, I think it definitely could. I don't know that it will, but I think yeah. it definitely could. Yeah. Yep, and and it seems as though if it were, it would certainly it would certainly the the way to introduce it would be through uh Thrian's story. Um I don't know exactly how they do it because it's we're at the point now where well I guess they would do it the same way that they that that they, it's brought up in the book where he's just like a crazy little little old man ranting about some ring, um, uh, or he could be you know the wise counselor who has now achieved some kind of. Uh, um, Understanding, you know, that having been deprived of the ring, he now understands the effect it had on him, and that it is corrupted. And um, yeah, again, it's it's possible that we could have, you know, uh, dying dude who has like seen much and learned much, but now and is going to pass that on to Gandalf before he dies. But um, anyway, uh, that's, yes, I do think if we see know, the ring in a... movie two, it will the the story of the Dwarven Ring will be resolved by the end of movie two because I can't see them taking that into movie three with everything else they have to bring up in movie three. But anyway, maybe yep. the ring is yes. another episode. I don't know, but I, I would. Well, think I'd, gonna, I, I think I think it ties in naturally to the it ties in naturally to the Necromancer story and yes, the right. Necromancer story right. is almost certainly going to be resolved it's almost certainly going to be yeah. tied up. In, in this film, two. yeah. Uh, other than maybe like a last hint at the end of the third film that he that he's manipulating events of the Battle of Five Armies from far away, or, or they flip like on that. the light at Barador or something. Yeah. Oh well, I, right. I I I think that's a virtual guarantee that they will yes. uh, that they will do yeah. something. Okay, Joe, flip like the that. switch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, How remember at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, they're still building it, right? You know, we got oh, like, yeah, the orc scaffolding right, around Barad-dur. That's, right, that's right. So, uh, you know, maybe like we end uh, film three with like a groundbreaking ceremony or something, you know, <laughs> like the scissors and Sauron the there with a little golden <laughs> shovel, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first spade full of earth uh, out of where they're going to rebuild Barad-dur. <laughs> <laughs> it would totally work. Yeah, like a ribbon cutting ceremony. Ribbon cutting. It would be, be great. Or you know, yeah. and, and actually, yeah. uh, who is I think Brianna also made the point, or somebody made the point of how is the Witch King going to get his Morgul blade back? Because he's going to have to, you know, uh, wound Frodo with it at Weathertop. I could see the Witch King with his Morgul blade at the ribbon cutting ceremony. You know. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Sauron with the gold shovel, and you know that that he, he'll do like one little dig, get a little soil, and then it's like, all right, slaves, take over. Yeah, yes. he's not exactly. doing much. He's not doing much more than that. Corporate sponsor nope, naming nope, opportunity, exactly. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. yes. And then Sharon says, "Throw a few sacrificial orcs into the cornerstone." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, back to Thryon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so I, I don't like no, what you're but, saying. But, I think Corey, you know, I think your idea of he's he is going to be you know the counselor. He's I, I do think I mean I, I think what you say makes sense that his role will not just be crazy old man at, at Del Goldor, but there's going to be some very important information passed by him when Yandel I kind of up with him. I kind of hope that that is the case. I I, I have the sense that that like a kind of lunatic. Thran, the way he is in the book, uh, I have a feeling the way that will come across on the screen is comical, and yeah. I would really prefer not to do that. Like Gandalf beating on some crazy, you know, some spastic, crazy old man. Like I, I just, I have a feeling that that's just going to look ridiculous, yeah, and I would prefer they they do not do that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's true that I still haven't come up with a who else could it be if it isn't Thran. Um, again, that doesn't prove that doesn't prove to me that it that it must be um, because there are lots of things that they've done that I wouldn't have guessed in advance. But um, <laughs> I, as we know, you know, I mean, well, of course, one other possibility. I, I don't know. Um, no, I was gonna. I mean. If not for the pro the massive continuity problems that it creates later on, um, uh, it, it it could be it could be Saruman or even Saruman in disguise, um, but I don't think so. I think it's it's. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of candidates like who else? One of the blue be? wizards. The blue <laughs> wizards. Yes, the blue wizards coming out of nowhere, jerks. Ganoff yep. uh, <laughs> will be. Ganoff will be confronting him in person, <laughs> fighting him, still unable to remember his name. Still, what's his name? Yeah, that's right. That's right. What's his name? That's right. <laughs> um, so here's here's a here's a question uh, before we get to the riddle. Although I think we should move on to it quickly. Um, yeah. Uh, is to the extent that uh, that Thran's story is told on screen, how do you think it will be conveyed, uh, or in how much? Uh, do you think that do you think let, let's just, let's just, let's assume for the moment that the, the 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 crazy person that Gandalf was fighting in the footage it was Thran, or that Thran's alive at least that Thran's alive and Gandalf will meet him? Do you think it will be left at oh you're Thorin's father and then a brief discussion about rings and Sauron and all that and then he gets killed or dies of old age or or something, or or Gandalf leaves him. Um, you know, I could see I could see uh, Thran sacrificing himself to enable Gandalf to escape. Um, that's a possibility. But do, how much do you think we're going to get a uh, a flashback type thing to see the actual the actual events leading to his capture on screen, or, or more of his story told? I think that if we get a climactic deathbed conversation between Gandalf and Thran we are going to get a flashback to their earlier conversation. Um, I think that basically they could still, you know, almost everything that we're saying today could end up being moot. I mean, they could end up just downplaying Thran and keeping him downplayed. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think so, but it's possible. And if they did, they could simply have Gandalf mention at some point. You know, I, I, I've said that I think an explanation needs to be given of how Gandalf came by the map and key. Um, but it's possible that that ends up just being done simply. However, I would think if we're going to get a significant scene between Gandalf and Thrain later on in film two, I would, I would think that we would get, therefore, a significant setup for that because we have already, um, already prepared for us a setup for that conversation. We know that Gandalf and Thrain had a significant interaction before when Gandalf received the key and map. So I think that if we are going to get a significant 
closing scene between the two of them, we'll get a flashback to the earlier scene. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's uh, <laughs> let me let, let me rephrase that. That's what I would do uh, if I were making the film. But uh, you know, you can take that with exactly as many grains of salt as that deserves. <laughs> Interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, so, should we do the riddle? Else. Yeah, I think so. Uh, any any. Any final comments anybody wants to make about about sort of big picture um, sort of uh, dwarven backstory, Thorin's destiny, mission, you know, thematic stuff. So, so with with Thror, with the story of Thror, Thror told, we got some some uh, some you know important themes introduced, um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of manifest destiny of of being king. Um, yeah, dwarves tied to the Arkenstone. Yep, yep. Dwarves yep. losing their homeland, dwarves in yep. exile wanting to recapture their homeland, uh, not just for, for greed's sake, but, but to, to, you know, a very sort of noble, like, I want my people that, to, have, to have their home back. Um, yes. uh, we got that. We also got um, some important character stuff. We got uh, Balin's little story, very nice story about how, how you know, how Thorin sort of proved himself a, a, a king. Um, yes. During the Battle of, of Azanolbazar. Um, so we got some really nice character stuff and some really good main thematic stuff. Any thoughts about you know, how they might use uh, Thran's character to do the same thing in this film and what those themes might be? I, I am inclined to think, and I'm not basing this, Trish, on the, the comment about the counselor. I thought of the comment about the counselor second, and it seems to me to give further evidence to my theory, which is as, again, as, as wisdom, as foresight. Um, he's not, he, Thran, is not going to be, it seems, associated with warrior, with either the warrior or the king side of things. Um, both of those are things which Thorin, with, with, those are Thorin Thran stories. But again, and with the key as a, as a connection between the two, um, that is between Thorin and Thran, to see Thran as a representative of, you know, the wisdom of the dwarves, not just their wealth, not just their power, not just their prowess in battle, but of, um, of, of the wisdom of them as a people, connected more with, like, the role that Owen plays in the company, other than being comically deaf uh, uh, and, and getting beer poured down his ear trumpet, um, he, um, and, and listening through his flattened ear trumpet at the end, um, uh, you know, he is, the, he is the, 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 you know, one of the wise figures. Um, you know, Balin is, of course, the, the, the major one, but Owen has that role. Um, and he is in the more like priestly role, I guess, of the of the group of dwarves that we see in the film. I could see basically Thran being in that general mode, um, so that he is the one who and 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 again, this is why I find the connection between him and the key to be really appealing, because it is it is through the it is through the wisdom and foresight of his father that Thorin is able to re-enter. Um, the kingdom of his grandfather, so mm-hmm. that his becoming king and his, uh, you know, his being a warrior, those are all issues with him and his grandfather. But it's his father uh, and his father's wisdom that helps to, to make that like possible Ooh, I like um, that. and to establish that. So, 
I, I, I think it would work. Yeah. Gosh, I sure hope that's the direction that's they went because that's a that I like that. <laughs> it would be good, wouldn't it be good? It would be great. Be good. <laughs> yeah, but I like uh, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, because it, it it would fit with that overall sort of you know as we were talking about increase in the stature of the of the dwarves. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to to show them as having that kind of um, that kind of you know wisdom, prophecy, just being. Um, being, being among the wise, you know, um, if Thran mm -hmm. could basically be in that role. So we'll see. Oh, this is um, interesting. Riddle, Dan Daniel Helen, actually, let me just real quick say, Daniel Helen just weighed in, and he said, just in case you didn't know, in the credits to film one, and he says, yes, I sat there just to read the credits, the actor who plays Thran <laughs> in film one is credited as young Thran. Oh, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. And we still could get him um, in movie two, and we may get then a second version huh. of Thryon as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that is, that is, that is, a, that is a, that is a fascinating piece of, uh, piece of, because, I mean, yeah, there's no reason to call him young Thryon if they're not going to have, not only if they're not going to have old Thryon, but they're going to have somebody else cast as old Thryon. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. That's pretty cool. Well, our we try to keep the riddle relatively simple. Um and the, the my first temptation about the riddle was to do a what happened to Thran after the battle of Dol Guldur riddle. But the problem with that is it it, it le there's so many possible scenarios of what could have happened that to try to make a list that would be fairly inclusive was proving very difficult. So instead, um, where we went with the riddle is simply, where is Thran? At the time of the films, where is he? Um, uh, and so the options here are fairly simple. Option A is he's dead. That would be the book answer. <laughs> Option B is he's alive and he's imprisoned in Dol Guldur. Option C would be he's alive and a prisoner but not in Dol Guldur. He's you know, being held by the orcs in the mountains or something like that, or he's in, you know, Gundabad or wherever. Um, and option D is he's alive, but he's not a prisoner. He's, like, wandering somewhere, you know. So he's basically, that's like anything else. Um, he's not dead, but he's not, but he's not a prisoner, you know, whatever else you might think. So can, um, we, uh, can we add an option E? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. So, uh, but basically just... This will not be answered by the end of the trilogy. Ah, right. Ah. There, um, That's a good idea. Yeah, we probably should have that one. You're right. Option E, then, is... Um, of the trilogy or of movie two? I, I want to say by the end of... Uh, I want to say by the end of the trilogy, because I, I, I think given the fast turnaround between movie two and movie three, I think... There's some kinds of riddles that we can ask about things that definitively will be in movie two, like like Elven King Dungeon, Merkwood, Spiders, that kind of yes, stuff. We know yeah. for a fact that will be in film two. Things like this, it really could be it could be revealed anywhere. Um, right. you know, well, like, the only it, thing is, I'd I'd uh, like to I'd like to not do what we did in movie one. I'd like to not have any questions roll over to season three if we can help it. So I'd rather right. have well, no, questions be self-contained. But I think season two. Yeah, but the the reason I'm doing this is specifically for that because the, these right. are such interesting questions. If it's not answered by the by the end of film two, people are going to want to revisit it for film three. Yep. Okay, so they yep. didn't tell us where Thrine is now. M might he be in film three? 
So I'd rather just leave it, let yep. it be open-ended. Yep. Not, not to mention that, as you say, because of the quick turnaround, it's going to be easier, actually. If we have some riddles that, didn't, that aren't answered but look like they might still come up uh, yeah. and be relevant in film three, then we can just leave those and use our much shorter time it's period. It's so easy for you guys to say to this when stuff. you're not managing. <laughs> Thanks for your well, input, yeah. guys. <laughs> well, uh, basically... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know, but basically what I'm my, basically my claim is that it's unavoidable. You, you know, yep, you can write this to be by the end of film two, but if it's not answered at the end of film two, it's well, yeah, I tell I, you, I I see that. it will reappear. I understand that, so, but the thing is getting the winners and stuff. If we say movie two now, and then, yeah, sure, we can always open it back up again and not have an episode about now, it. No, it's fine. Three. It's fine. Cause, look, we can do this relatively simply, and that would simply be just by saying one of the things that the judges will decide is – whether or not to count that question okay. in film two. Right. If they decide, yeah. um, or basically you give everybody who said E, if, if, if it's not resolved at the end of film two, everybody who said E is right. Is right. Uh, yep. Everybody else right. is, is, you know, is wrong about film two, and we just ask you, but we just But it just automatically exactly goes over, okay. All right. Yep, All right. Okay. in exactly I'm the same terms this. in film three. I just don't okay. do but this for the record, too many I'm not times voting this for season. E. I don't think it's I don't think it is either. But just don't do well, this too I, many I, times this season, okay? Please. <laughs> I, we'll try not to, but there, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things like this where it's just not clear whether it, you know, like if it's if it doesn't appear on screen in the second film, we can't guarantee that it's not going to happen in the third film. And if it, yeah. and if that's true, then people are going to want to. I mean, we're still yep. going to want to speculate about it, and still going to want to like people are going to want to be able to say, "Aha! See, I was right all along. It just happened to be in film three. So right. I think it's unavoidable for for certain yep. kinds for topics that for topics. Well, I, I have no sympathy topics. for that because there were a whole bunch of stuff that I was right about in movie one that didn't get included in riddles, and I so I and I sucky <laughs> scored people for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Hey, me too. I, I could have had a hundred points. I know, really. That's right. Anyway, okay. Well, I'm. If you I'm just happen to ask the questions about the things you happen to be right about. I have yes. yes I'm right. This one doesn't mean I won't fight it again if we do it again, but I'll concede. <laughs> ben and just and just, just my my little team, you know, will just remember. <laughs> just think of all the moral high ground it gives you to, that's uh, right, to that's feel right. smug later Excellent. on. You know, that's Besides really, which, that's I agree really with Corey. Thing. I actually don't think that's going to be the answer. So, you know, I, yes, mean, no, I, I think I think minimal. I think there's minimal risk for yeah, this question. I think you're right. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, votes. What do you guys think? Uh, B. Me too. I'm going. I think B. this is a kind of a. I think this is pretty pretty clear. I mean, it could be A in terms of, yeah, I know. I mean, it could be A in terms of, you know, that it's happened in the past and then we're going to get told it. But I just think, it, I still think he's alive and I'll go there. Here we go. Here's where we're like, ah, no brainer, it's B. And Corey's like, but wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I am, I am, I am deaf. I am tempted to go with C, actually. Um Mostly because I'm still not convinced about Dal Guldur. I, I don't. I'm not convinced that that's. Uh, ah, okay. I keep saying fully operational facility, which makes me think of the death station. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced that anybody is at Dal Guldur other than like the necromancer and the ghost of the witch king, or you know, like the the the, the semi corporeal witch king. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, 
you know, it's possible that it will be revealed in film too, that in fact Dol Guldur is merely like the semblance of a ruin perched atop a seething hive of, you know, orc, uh, you know, breeding rooms and like, you know, R&D departments. That's possible. Uh, but I'm not convinced that that's going to be the case. Now see, I um, think, I mean, because it's, it's going to be an echo of Orthanc, you know, in the, in the movies where, you know, until right? took the it's possible. Away, I mean, that's exactly know. what I'm picturing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm picturing when I'm saying that. Um, it could be that. Um, that's possible. But, uh, but I'm not really convinced that that's the case. Um, I think it's more... It's, it seems to me at least as possible that Sauron's orc R&D department is already in Mordor um, and that that's what he's going to be returning to. Mm -hmm. um, there would need to be some, some explanation of what the heck is he doing in Dol Guldur. Well, I say that. We're not given any explanation as to what he was doing in Dol Guldur in the books exactly because his appearance <laughs> there seems to predate his suspicion, his searching the river for the ring. Right, um, and, and in the films, it's... In the films, to all to, to to all appearances, he's doing even less. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I'm just hanging out, being semi-corporeal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of and, um, just kind of he just messes anybody who happens to wander in. He kind of messes with them a little bit. It's like a right, haunted which, house. Right. Which is why I find it. It's it's exactly that. It is the. It is the semi-appearance of the necromancer to Radagast that leads me to suspect this is not... Because, look, if, if, if his whole deal is that he's running a, a major, um, you know, a, a major operation underground there, and he's trying to keep it, uh, you know, hush-hush, why would he do that? Why would he appear? I mean, okay, like, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a ringwraith, uh, you know, pop in and try to off Radagast from behind. That makes loads of sense. But to be like, I'm going to appear to him so that he sees me from a distance, like, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. So I, I, I just, I'm not convinced. I think that basically he's just kind of haunting that place. Yeah. And I, I, really is a ruin. Hey, Brianna has requested a repeat. Him. Oh, sorry, go ahead. A repeat of the options. Okay, I'll repeat the options. A, Thran is dead. B, he is alive and imprisoned in Dol Guldur. C, he is alive and imprisoned elsewhere. And D, he is alive and not a prisoner, E, it won't be answered in the, on screen in the film. Um, I'm waffling between C and D, I have to say. Um, what tempts me towards C, alive in, a or alive in a prisoner elsewhere, is the fact that he seems clearly to have been captured by Azog's goblins in the Battle of Azanul Bazaar. Now they might be working for Dol Guldur, and this might be the introduction to the link between them that we get, but maybe not, I don't know. Um, and it may well be that, you know, Azog has him back at his, you know, a little orc HQ, wherever that is, Gundabad, I guess. Um, so I could imagine that. I also, I'm not, <sighs> I could see Thrain not as a prisoner. We're, we're sort of assuming that he is a prisoner for two reasons. One is because he was in the book, and two, because... Uh, he disappears and Azog seems to have seen him and is gloating about the fact that he's seen him. So obviously at some point he was a prisoner. But is he still, if he's alive, is he, does he remain a prisoner? Are we going to get a rescue? I don't think we're going to get a rescue. Um, and again, I come back to if that is Thran that 
Gandalf meets wandering around, how does he get to, I mean, is it, does he just happen to escape right beforehand? Is, uh, is Sauron going to do a, going to do a Morgoth and Hurin with Frey in there? I, it's hard for me to see that. Morgoth at least had a point. He at least had a plan, um, you know, that by, by letting Hurin go and putting a tail on him, he could maybe discover some interesting things, which he does. Um, you know, he gets at least a hint about where, where Gondolin is. I don't know. Keep in mind, by the way, Anastasia, mind, Anastasia asks if it's A by the time of the movie, but we get a flashback to Gandalf receiving the map and key. I mean, I, I think what you're asking is what's the answer? The answer would be A. Cause, so the A means he's would be dead a, yes. in the time yeah, of the movie. Time of the movie. Yeah. Yep. So, so, Corey, for your, your question, keep in mind, this is the same Sauron who's just hanging out in these cruddy old ruins <laughs> haunting him. <laughs> Right. He's got like a he's got like a sheet on his head that he cut out some <laughs> holes for his eyes. And <laughs> right, right, and bats and and a swarm of and, attack bats. And bats. That's yep. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, so, you, you know, know as far as where I'm at about this is Corey, go for it. I say Corey, you go for C or D because then you'll be wrong and I'll have one more right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly why I score so badly in these bills because like, oh, I, I, idea. I, I feel actively resistant to picking the one which seems like the obvious, so obvious. answer. Um, but, of course, the ones which are the obvious answers sometimes, in fact, quite frequently do, do turn out to be the answers. Uh, but, I, my, you know, my feeling is always like, oh, that would be so boring to choose that. I want to choose something interesting. You know, let me come up with a theory that would make this much more interesting uh, uh, option turn out to be true uh, and talk myself into that. But, you know, it's fine. So, Corey, for the for the purposes of our, our listeners who might actually be tempted into picking these answers, the one the one thing I am curious about for both uh, for both C and D is how how does that how would that they fit that in the storyline? Let's assume he's not a prison he's a prisoner, but not at Dol Guldor. Um, where would be he be a prisoner, and it, does that mean that Gandalf's not actually going to meet him, or how would Gandalf meet him then? And then yeah, it's true. Not. If we have my my if my theory about the you know climactic meeting between Fran and and Gandalf and his revealing that it's really the necromancer is to happen, he's going to have to be connected to the necromancer. Yep. Um, and Gandalf is going to have to meet him. Um. <sighs> well. <laughs> The the other and then and sa same question for okay he's not a pr he's alive but he's not a prisoner. Uh, how, how on earth will that work? Like, wh where is he? What is he doing? Wandering around Moria. Living is just around Mirkwood. Mirkwood. Basically, I'm just ruining your. Uh, that's a possibility. What if he's just nuts? He's a crazy and just around. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're back to the crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That could. That could. It happen. could. It could. It could. I mean. He could have. He could have escaped. Um. And he could have escaped, and Bjorn knows about him. And Bjorn tells him, hey, there's this, like, there is that crazy dwarf hermit who's been living uh, on the edges of Mirkwood for a oh, while, yeah, yeah. and Gandalf goes to find him. Ah, I've oh done it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have established Okay, that's not plausible, but it's uh, or okay, it's not likely, but, but it's, it's, possible. it's possible. 
That's um, not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, Rachel. Oh, see, Corey's working his magic on the see, listeners. They're rethinking their answers. Yes, Rachel. I'm, 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 I'm drawing it. See, think about it this way, guys. One of my, one of my jobs here is to keep the averages down. Um, you know, if I can convince lots and lots of people to, uh, to vote for really unlikely answers, then it keeps the great inflation low uh, on our results. So there we go. Andy. Well, Andy's already, you know, uh, sworn fealty to you, Corey. So, Andy, you're going to have to. Okay. Okay. Um, That's hilarious. All right. All right. Well, I think probably him living as a hermit is unlikely because then we'd have to come up with an explanation for why he hasn't. <laughs> gone to find his son or anything unless he's completely crazy and that would undermine the other thing no 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 it could be it could be the wise old man who who realized that he was uh endangering his son by staying there he took the ring away (laughs) right right because it could be about the ring right right (laughs) or maybe he's trying to find the ring Oh, maybe he's trying to recover the ring. Maybe he's yeah. like, screw the dragon and the mountain man. I want my ring back. So he's there, and he's like plotting to try to get into Dol Guldur himself. Maybe I'm, Gandalf I'm runs into him when he's like, when, when, uh, when Thran is trying to break into, to like, so Gandalf is there to figure things out. And then this like crazy dwarf is like, I'm breaking in. Get out of the way. <laughs> I want my ring back. Sharon Hoff is taken to commenting in all caps. <laughs> I, I personally think I personally think Corey. I think that's more likely than him being captured in someplace else. Well, cause see, and here's the other problem, though. How is he gonna get loose? I mean, are we gonna, are we really gonna say that like he just happened to escape right before Gandalf shows up? I mean, like. You know, I, I've been in prison here for years, but fortunately, just you know, at nine o'clock this morning, I happened to break prison after th- after after years and years, uh, just in time to meet Gandalf. I maybe, but that seems to me to strain um, plausibility even more. <laughs> I like Andrew Higgins' suggestion that that he's Obi Wan dwarf. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah, exactly. He's uh, uh, he's just like you know old Ben Kenobi up in the up in the up 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 in the wilderness. Must resist, you know, pull of Olson. Must resist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm loving this idea. See, and and this time I'm not even being mischievous. You know, sometimes I will do this when I fully am, am intending to vote for something else, but this time I'm not even doing that. Uh, <laughs> This time, I'm actually kind of like talking myself into this. Are you talking um, yourself into D, actually? I'm, I, I'm, 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 uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing. If I can actually convince myself to vote D, I, you know, uh, it, 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 it exerts a certain pull on one's mind. I, I'm kind of like you, Corey, in the sense that, like, when you have an answer, like a potential answer like this, and then we start getting into the possibilities of it, I, my mind starts thinking. Man, that'll be way more interesting on stream than just being <laughs> yeah. up, showing up, and he, and he's a he's been a prisoner, but he just inexplicably has been allowed to wander around. Yeah, they, I'm the same way. I'm like, boy, I think I'd really rather watch D. 
<laughs> yeah, it would be cool, and especially if, with the I mean, you know you know and and he was joking about that, but you know the Obi Wan connection that's kind of interesting. Like that would be cool <laughs> to have Fran as like this uh, this tormented hermit. You know, to be not crazy, but like you know I have deliberately chosen not to rejoin my son and our people. Uh, right. You know because I've like I, he's like put himself into exile basically, uh, and you know and maybe is in is is in a grip of an obsession um in uh trying to pursue the ring and the necromancer um uh you know i i it's, it's that, that that would be that would be interesting and i'm still a, not convinced that anybody is a prisoner at del Gulder. <laughs> i'm just i'm just, i'm not convinced that del Gulder works that way it's a, it's a strategic retreat and this is not the ring yeah. you're looking for <laughs> this is not the ring you're looking for yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and then he, oh man, okay. Um, go for it, Corey, go. Well, okay, but but I still would have to, all right, in order to vote D, though, there's still one problem that I have to overcome, and that is I have to find a way to get him from the Battle of Azanul Bazaar to his uh, tormented hermitage in, in, in Mirkwood. Um, he must be captured. I mean, he didn't just captured go off on his own. Captured and escapes, but escaped years ago. Right. Yes, right. And instead of returning, returning to I, I, I love Dave. I, I love your eagerness in, in egging me on. And yes, exactly, just like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I totally, I, I totally see through your instigation here. But anyway, no, if it's good enough, I might pick it too. <laughs> You're corrupting okay, me so, as well. <laughs> so he, so he's captured. But he escapes. While he was captured, he because he doesn't have to go to Dol Guldor even to discover the truth about Sauron. Right. All he has to find out is that Azog is working for him. Right, right. Um, you know that they had thought, as is told in the story by Balin in film one, Thorin and Balin and the rest of them had thought that Azog was just, uh, you know, orc chieftain living in Moria who happened to have a. Uh, you know, a, a thing about the dwarves of Durin, which his living in Moria would sufficiently explain, right? I mean, like, he, he's living in the old dwarf, in the old center of the dwarven house of Durin, and he's like, you know, I am the manifest destiny. Of, I am the king of Moria now, and I'm going to stamp out the, uh, you know, the, the last remnants of the people who would lay claim to my place, which is Moria, um, so I'm going after the line of Durin. That's what Balin and Thorin think. But in fact, the whole time, Azog was really working for the Necromancer. And there's a darn better reason why he's going after the line of Durin, and that's because he's got marching orders to do that. Because here's the Necromancer saying, the line of Durin has the last of the seven dwarven rings. Azog, your job is to hunt down and kill all of the last of the house of Durin so that you can get the last ring back for me. That is Azog's job. And... Once he's captured by Azog's people, Thran discovers that that was Azog's job, and so therefore learns that Sauron still is around. Maybe he doesn't even know that he's the necromancer, but he knows that, that Sauron is still around, and Azog is taking orders from him. And then, but the, what Thran managed to escape and has been living ever since then in his little crazy hermitage in Mirkwood, and thus is able to meet up with Gandalf and to tell him the critical information 
Now, of course, I don't have a re good reason why Thran is going to die other than perhaps getting killed in the attack. Maybe Thran, not Thorin, as you were suggesting, Dave, but Thran is involved in the Battle of Dol Guldur so that uh, the line of Durin does have a representative um, at the Battle of Dol Guldur. So it's going to be like crazy but wise and still competent Thran uh, with Gandalf and Galadriel and Radagast and the Hedgehog uh, attacking Dol Guldur. <laughs> and uh, the hedgehog uh, will be leading the assault. The hedgehog naturally is the battle captain, obviously, uh, in this uh, in this assault. Um, and uh, and Thran dies, and maybe Radagast dies, and um, hopefully Sebastian doesn't die. Um, uh, but anyway, that's okay. So what do you think? <laughs> this is so much fun. I'm sticking with uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it too. <laughs> D. D. Because also losing the riddle game is more fun than winning it. Just <laughs> <laughs> that D. many more certificates to create. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Really, Trish, it's just a, it's just a conspiracy <laughs> to make you have to print more certificates. <laughs> so, Dave. So, Dave. What are you saying? <laughs> Did I convince you, Dave? This seems like uh, this seems like way too good of a story for uh, for uh, <laughs> Philip Boyens, Fran Walsh, and Peter Jackson to come up with it. Oh, oh man! <laughs> He's oh, that hurts. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, that hurts. No, I guess they could have done this. Oh man, I don't ah, know. Rachel, it's... stand firm, Rachel. Rachel, sticking with me. We did. We did this a num we did this you know, we did this a number of times last season and most of the time we were disappointed. Uh, well yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, don't like, get now now like, Dave, don't get too let's you know, you're gonna get too you don't overanalyze this. Not 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 enough screen time. I'm going with B. Go with yeah, see, that's now, the other thing I was going to bring up. Dave, was, Trish was trying to instigate you into shifting to D because she wants to beat you the second time. So. That's right. Yes. That, was a, that, was a, that was a very transparent, I'm trying to go, Dave, into giving what I believe to be the wrong answer. You know, I would rather, on this one, I'd rather be wrong and have it be D. Just yeah, so, yeah. I just feel yeah. like... I feel like I would But really, you know you are right the screen time like, thing is actually the other piece. What what will you do Corey? What will you do Corey if this ends up being the story? Uh, oh, if they end boy. up somehow they they end up channeling you and they wrote it like they Corey's going like, to hand me a clue they, I'm going to have to eat. They, they channeled <laughs> like they channeled you from the future or maybe like maybe like you from the uh, you from the future 40 years from now got a hold of a time machine. Or they're actually listening to our look, podcasts. Guys, <laughs> and yeah. you talked to Peter Jackson a year ago and told him, "Look, this is the way you got to do it." <laughs> yeah, so what will you do if it turns control. out? If it if it turns out that way, I will be I will be uh, I will be I will be very happy, and all of the uh, all of the Tolkien purists will be upset at me because uh, I, I have in advance. Here I am hoping that they do this wacky, crazy, totally unbook related thing with Thran. Um, uh, which I'm gonna, which well, yeah. So I guess actually that's the answer. What will I do if this turns out? What I will do is spend <laughs> spend a lot of time trying to defend it to Tolkien purists who are upset about it. That's what I will do. I admit that's my fearless prediction uh, about this. Um, but uh, but again, you know, to some extent, 
the reason I feel comfortable doing this, the reason that the idea that they would do such a wild thing if they did it uh, wouldn't upset me about this, is to me, Thran is, is kind of like Radagast. We know almost nothing about him. You know, he's not quite a cipher in the books, but he's pretty close to a cipher. He's a one-eyed cipher who leads the Battle of Azanulbazar. We don't know anything about his personality. We don't know much about what he, other than, you know, again, like other than the stuff that I said. So there's a lot to work with. There's a lot of blank canvas there for the movie people to develop. Um, and you know, and this is why you know when people are like, I never pictured Radagast like that. Well, I never pictured Radagast with bird poop on his face either. But I didn't have an image of Radagast. Yeah, I, I never really pictured Radagast. Yeah. So, you know, like if if, uh, but that's why you know, um, I am I have much more sympathy with people who say, you know, I really don't like what they did with Gimli in the Lord of the Rings and made him into a comic figure, um, because we do have. Th associations about Gimli and those associations were not all not all of them were disappointed but that idea of Gimli being primarily comic relief does go against the way that Gimli's character is depicted in the book I wonder I, if that's I, why I, Jackson I is ennobling the house of Durin in this movie is because he cu he caught so much heat from the fans about Gimli and Lord or of the yeah to, to to make up for yeah, to make up to for Gimli it's like an act yeah. of atonement well yes. I mean I, I think it's inescapable because of course the Hobbit story is such a dwarf story yeah, right. that he can't have you know a whole epic story about uh, crazy dwarfs. You know, um, right, ludicrous. Not uh, only crazy dwarfs, but crazy dwarfs. Everybody else is supposed to be following. You know, the chieftains are crazy. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't really play right. very well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but anyway, so you know, to me, Fran, if 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 they decide, hey, let's make you know, if if they go through the process, the same process that we just went through, um, you know, I mean, I you know, we together have come up with several adaptations of the of the Thran story, you know, several possibilities for adaptations. Yeah, um, the purists would hate us too. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But again, I think that it works. I think that it makes, again, to, this is why to me the most important question is not, you know, when you see the ways, see something being done in the movie, the question is not, but is that the way it happened in the book? Right. Rather, the question is, okay, what is the movie doing with this? What's the idea? What's right. the story? And how does that story fit or not fit with the kinds of story that the book is interested in? Um, you know that 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 Tolkien was trying to tell. That's why I liked the first Hobbit film because I, you know, my answers to those questions, by and large, are uh, you know, to the question of you know what is the film story doing about right. it, are, I, oh, most of them are things that I think fit quite well with what Tolkien was doing with that story at various points. So if they decide to make Thran this, you know, Obi-Wan figure, um, you know, who, you know, comes in with uh, wise counsel and revealing secrets and providing the key literally and figuratively to, uh, you know, to the, the discovery of things and the opening of doors, both literal and figurative, if, 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 if they do that, you know, is that in the book? No. But would it work? Yeah, I think it would work. I think it would be cool. I think that it would be a really neat um, addition to the story, and that's one of the things that adaptations can provide. Right, right. I mean, it's 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 a it's a new version of the story, you know, and and it, it's going to add stuff, and some of the stuff that it adds can be cool, you know. It's not like um, I mean, this is why I don't even think it's true. It's fair to say. We start off from the perspective saying that Tolkien's version of the story is 100% awesome, and therefore any story which is different from it has to be less than 100% awesome. Um, 
that's not even true because Tolkien doesn't tell the whole story of every story. Right? There's going to be, the, you know, there 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 are things that are that are not told. There are things that are not done, and which could be done, and which would be cool if they were done. So you know, it's it's okay. Um, at least I say it's okay. <laughs> so okay. Anyway, so so D D. You go on D. Okay. D. All right. All right. Yeah. Well done, sir. Yeah. I've talked myself into it, uh, though I will give a public service warning. Um, you know, please don't feel like you have to follow me off this cliff, listeners. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Uh, you can completely, you know, stand on the sidelines with Dave and Trish and watch me go down in flames, <laughs> and I won't think less of you. And we'll uh, wave. Laugh. We'll wave. <laughs> exactly. You'll wave as I go by. <laughs> That's fine. I totally, oh, Andy, I totally. Andy, Andy, D, 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 D. All right, there we so, go. Andy will be with there you. We go. There goes Andy over the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Nice to know I will have some company on the way down there. That's right. Safe, That's right. safe landings, Andy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will have the last laugh. Uh, you might, yes. But, I'm preparing. Yeah. Seems unlikely. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, well, I should probably run. I think. Uh, I think we have. Uh, we. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we've had it. I think, I think we've, we've exhausted this I, one, right? I, I think. We've I will good. say this one took um, a different and, turn than I was expecting. So thank you for that. Corey. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. It took a different turn than I was expecting. Hey, it, it, this ended that. This ended differently than I thought it would an, an hour ago. You know, I mean, I, um, you know, in fact, Trish, when we first proposed the uh, the ideas of this riddle, I threw out D as a, a possibility. I was including as only a filler, for, right? Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. Uh, I never dreamed. If you had asked me then, I never would have dreamed I would answer to you. But see, that's what happens. Oh, Rachel, I didn't know it was your first time listening live. Great. I'm glad you joined us. Oh, good. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Rachel. That was fun. Rachel, of course, came to came came to Mythmoot uh, uh, and has been a uh, has has been a Mythgard student. So yeah, Rachel, used to seeing you around. So I uh, yeah uh, yeah I didn't realize that this was your first time. Cool. All right. So um we should uh, we should we should let you guys go. But I will I will so I will sign off uh, and say as usual thanks for listening and Godspeed.